Good morning, afternoon, or evening, wherever you are in the world, and welcome to the bloody awesome movie podcast. My name is Matt Hudson from What I Watch Tonight, and joining me from across the pond, he's the statesman to my kingsman, it's John Burke from Burke Reviews. How are you, my friend? I'm doing pretty well, Matt. How are you, sir? I am doing very, very well. I always look forward to the BAMP each week. It's just a nice excuse to talk film with, uh, with my buddy, and gives me a chance to have a cup of tea. To have a cake, yes, I had a cake today, and enjoy the absolutely crap weather outside. Whilst we talk about films to uh, to to warm the soul, but uh, how's Florida? First off, it's a little hot today, but I actually I want to I want to pause. Is um when you say you have a cake, does ah. that mean like you had like a full cake and you cut a slice of cake, or like you had a little muffin? Like what is when you say cake? It is more. Actually, to be fair, it was more of a pastry than a cake. Okay. So it's my okay. bad. It was a pastry case with a black currant sort of sweet filling, and then okay. a cream on top. Only a very small one. Um, yeah, they're in the they're in the local grocery store. They're on offer. It was on the till. They got me the impulse section. Ah. They got me, and of course, my I was with my daughter. She's four. She's like, Daddy, what are they? It's like, ah, I can't I can't be dealing with the rejection of saying no, and then having the screaming. It's like. They are coming with us. And of course I had to have one. So um, slap on the wrist. It's the last one I'll have. <laughs> but it was only one little pastry, not not an entire cake. Well, I, I stopped at um, Dunkin' on my way home, as I tend to do when we're recording because I want to get a coffee. And I did get my cold brew. And I was like, and by chance, do you have a pumpkin donut? And she was like, no. I'm like, I figured. And that <sighs> means... No donut for me. So why do they never have? I was going to ask, what pumpkin spice paraphernalia are you uh, consuming today? But they never have those donuts. They do not. I don't know what the deal is, but apparently they never have it. And I'm just like, okay, whatever. Um, you know, it is well, what it is. If you listeners see a surge on the Bamp socials of us basically tweeting and Instagramming Dunkin' Donuts, you know why? Bring back the damn. <laughs> donuts but um for those new to the show then for the bloody awesome movie podcast uh myself and john we review spoiler free so fear not we review what we deem to be the most interesting release of the week or the biggest uh release of the week or the you know the last few weeks if we missed out on it uh we, we dive into it and one more time it is spoiler free so we give our thoughts and opinions on it and then we pretty much say if we recommend it or not so this week we are talking about a streaming film, of course, from Netflix, and it's called Hashtag Alive, directed by Il Cho, uh, written by Cho and Matt Naylor as well. And it stars R.E. New, Shin Hai Park and Bae Su John. What's it about? The rapid spread of an unknown infection has left an entire city in ungovernable chaos, but one survivor remains alive in isolation. It is his story. Uh, so before we go on, 6.2 point 6.2 on imdb sorry user score so take that for what you will rotten tomatoes uh, just over 20 critics have scored this fresh so it's 86 percent on rt which is a very decent score and it's available across the world now on netflix so um alive it's a it's another kind of zombie slash infection and contagion film and it it rings loud due to the covid world we live in at the minute 
it's quick. It doesn't take long starting. It's a couple of minutes in and you drop straight into this, which is what I love about films like this. I don't like things like a quiet place. It's obviously a different type of film, but it just throws you straight in and you've got to try and have a workout what's going on. Or they don't tell you when you are just thrown in pretty much like you are in character. Um, Ojin Wu. He's just like thrown into this. He's just by himself in his apartment and all hell breaks loose in the, um, in the court beneath him. I thought this film was great. I really, really enjoyed this film. It's, um, it's reminiscent of a lot of other films, like 28 Days Later, the obvious comparisons to Train to Busan as well. But I think this is a really, really decent film that Netflix have got going. It's not an original, but I really enjoyed this. It's a story of, what, survival, intuition. It's like the best video game you've played. You've got an infected world, but you've got no food, no water, no supplies, no weapons. You've just got to think and hide your way out of there. I thought it was really good, and it's highlights the pros and cons of the digital age can we live without the digital technology or could it really actually save our lives like we all because we all depend so much on it will it be there for us when we really need it uh good horror moments some great moments of tension sprinklings of humor too it's a slightly different spin on the infected movie it could have gone a little bit more in certain directions but oh i liked i liked what i got well paced good story it does pretty much follow Ojun Wu for the most part, but then uh, Park Shin Hai's character, Kim Yu Bin, is introduced. I, I really liked her as well. I thought both of them were great. And she kind of sprinkles in a little bit more of that humour. And their story together was really good as well. Um, and even Stranger was in, in the film, there was a packet of Nutella, sort of like these little biscuit sticks, or uh, I don't know what you guys over there would call them, but I'm going to call them biscuit sticks and Nutella. And I bought that exact thing for my stepkid this exact day. I was like, oh. so I watched this, this this afternoon. Um, and I was like, holy damn. We mentioned it on, uh, I think it was astrology the other day when things just happen. You see something and then it like comes back deja vu later. So that was pretty cool. But yeah, hashtag alive. Okay. It's a strange title, but it does, you know, the, the film kind of explains why it's called that. I thought this was really good. Really enjoyed it. These films can be a bit stale sometimes. But I thought this was boss. But what did you think, JP? Well, a couple of things. Uh, I am a fan of zombie films in general. Not all. Um, I do like the more... Um, I don't like a lot of the B-zombie films. You know, I, I'm more of a fan of, of the, the high-end zombie genre. And um, this movie reminds me of a couple of movies uh, that I think are worth noting. One that probably has gone unseen, but it is available on Amazon Prime. Um, it came out in 2018. It's called The Night Eats the World. Um, directed by Dominique Rocher. I saw this at Tribeca uh, two years ago, and it has a similar setup where the infection happens really, really early in the film. But what I like about both not The Night's World and with Hashtag Alive is it's not really about the the zombies as much as it is about uh, the isolation that one finds themselves in because of the zombies, right? It's more about that human side of it. Um, the despair, the disdain. And I will say, while I think Hashtag Alive does a good job, I think The Night Eats the World really gets to the the isolation and the loneliness in a way that is a little more dour and dark. This movie, as you mentioned, there's an air of humor, which I enjoy. I, I very much enjoyed Hashtag Alive. I didn't say that. Let's get that out of the way. I like the movie a lot. I had a lot of fun watching it. Good. Um, I don't know if it's forgettable 
or if I am overworked and thus forgetting things because I feel like I don't remember big chunks of the movie. And I literally only watched this movie, which is not something I've given a lot of content that I've been watching lately where I'm like, I'm working and watching. I like, I put my computer down and I watched the movie and I still like, there are scenes that feel forgotten. And I don't know again, if that's because of the movie or if it's my own, like I'm doing too many things and it's just, you know, I usually don't have that problem. If, if I'm yeah. into a movie, I usually am good at like recalling details. And then uh, this particular one is not all, it's not all there. I, I'm, I remembered more as I've been trying to remember things, but um, I like that take on the zombie film though, because we've seen the, the fighting the monster thing. We've seen like, I have to travel from point A to point B or whatever. I like the uh, isolation yes. story um, a lot. I find it the human uh, element to be really, really compelling. Um, and then the other movie it reminded me of, and it's mainly because I, I wish they'd gone more this way, but I weirdo that you and I saw at, um, well, you saw at Fantasia. I saw just before Fantasia Fest, um, but we both really, really liked. Yep. Uh, I loved it. There's a curveball in that movie where at halfway, we kind of flip protagonists, the psycho style where we, we thought we knew who we were following. And it turns out there's somebody else worth following. Yep. And I thought this movie was about to do that when, when they introduced, uh, uh, Kim in the movie or Kim Yubin um, I thought we were going to get that other perspective and maybe the movie would like travel backwards and we would see what she's been doing the whole time and they don't do that and that's okay it's not like that's not a criticism but I was really like oh man are we getting a dual narrative all of a sudden um, and and we don't but I still think her introduction is really well done and I like the chemistry that we get between the two of them um, and uh, you know it's um there's some cool stuff with like the the drone that he has and all of his little gadgets because he's clearly I get the vibe he's supposed to be like a, a video streamer like he, he's, he's a gamer like isn't he? Yeah, but it seems like he's got a following because he starts you know uh, pointing out things and whatnot. Um, like when he starts his social media attempts, uh, even though you know it's not as it doesn't go as smoothly as he's hoping for. Mm -hmm. But uh, I thought both performances were really really strong. Um, I like. I, I'm calling them zombies, although I don't know if, if that's a fair the infected. Yeah, it's kind of more in like the 28 days vibe than it is in terms of like a traditional zombie movie. Um, but we've seen a lot of unique takes on the creature design throughout the years now. Like they're not all just, you know, for a while, I think every zombie movie just made R Romero zombies. Yeah, right. Yeah. And then we've seen a big deviation and variation in the last couple of years. Uh, in the genre where you're getting all sorts of different types of zombies. And, you know, they, there's some who've gone like the video game route where you have like different like monsters, like zombie land, it kind of makes references to different types of zombies and, and whatnot. Um, but I, you know, I thought the, the, the action sequences that are in this film, I thought were really strong. Um, and I found them to be kind of interesting. Um, well choreographed, if nothing else, you know, like there was some really interesting stuff happening in inside of them. Uh, but, it's it's one of those things where there's a lot to a lot of the stuff you really would want to talk about would totally be spoilers. So yeah. it's 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 hard to get into anything of substance. But um, if you don't mind a little bit of uh, horror, a little bit of tension, um, I think this movie is definitely worth checking out. It's one of the better quote unquote Netflix originals uh, that have dropped recently. Um, and again, uh, Korea continues to pump out solid zombie movies uh, yeah, this man. year alone. We got hashtag alive, but also the sequel to Train to Busan, Peninsula, yeah. is out on TV and definitely worth checking out. If you like Train to Busan, um, it is not a character sequel. It is a um, 
more like world building sequel where you're just kind of what happens five years after the events of Trandu Busan. It's good. Uh, but it's decent. It's, I liked it a lot. Um, it, it's I dubbed it as Fast and the Furious meets Mad Max, and I think that is a fair amalgamation of what that movie is. And yeah, it's, I can see exactly where you got that from. Yeah, it's and it, that was why I had fun with it. It was a lot of fun. It's not doing the same thing Trandu Busan was doing, mm-hmm. but that's okay because that's it's to me that's what makes it a fresh feel it's not it's not trying to be the second train to busan it's like hey what if this world continued to exist how would it look five years later so yeah. you got that hashtag alive uh definitely both worth checking out from this year well this almost feels like it could be a sequel to train to busan in a strange way if you like it just again like you say just just taking place somewhere else um mm-hmm. you could easily kind of play it's a double header um the dual narrative was one of the things uh, where I mentioned up top there that they kind of could have gone in one direction but didn't. That was one of them where, you know, you thought they were going to do a little switcheroo with um, a few things, but they didn't. And you know, there was a couple of other bits, but nothing bad. I mean, I was properly, I was really engrossed the whole time. I was I had my attention the whole time. I, I really, you know, liked the two characters. I wanted them to survive. I wanted them to get out of this. Um, and I wanted to know what was going on. And I, we didn't get the, we didn't get the uh, scientific mumbo jumbo. We could, in the background, you could hear on the TV a um, uh, a doctor was kind of saying, "Well, it seems this, this seems to be the problem." But that was it. You know, it's just in the background. So just just in case you wanted to know quite what was going on, have a quote unquote professional opinion on it. So they they did cover that. Um, I'm glad you mentioned I Weirdo because that film is awesome. <laughs> I had so much fun with that. Um, and this also reminds me of the film that I love and that we covered on the Bampocalypse series, uh, Wreck, set in one about one um, area and similar kind of infected. And the infected in this film look absolutely nasty. They do, really did a great job with mm. the infected in this film. They look horrific. You do yeah, not I... see them running up to you in the street. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like you meant Train to Busan, the one you mentioned I haven't seen, so I want to check that out. Um, Peninsula Wreck, yeah, 28 Days Later. If you like that kind of vibe, you're going to like this. I Yeah, I think I, I, I did enjoy it. I liked it an awful lot. I see what you mean about the set pieces, because the set pi- there was a lot of great set pieces, but not really one standout. But for me, that kind of works, because I don't really want a big standout scene. I want, I'd rather have a consistent tone and consistently good like spattering of action sequences in one kind of big set piece. Cause I got that in atomic blonde and I didn't like the film very much. It's, it's all right. But then you get the staircase scene and you're like, wow, that's incredible. Shame about the rest of the film. Whereas I'm not comparing that film, but here it's like a lot of really good, really tense, smaller snapshots almost of action scenes. Um, so I, I appreciated that. And I'd be interested to see how well this does, if it gets any kind of following or gets, you know, picked up, uh, by a cult audience or something, because I really think this is a decent film. And you know, the, the IMDb aside, the RT score is is pretty good. I don't know what the letterbox score is. I'd imagine it's kind of I probably average three and a half. I, I think, but I, I I like this film. It's got a bit to say about the, the dig, digital age we live in, uh, and also again how we treat each other. It's, there's those kind of messages in it as well. But no, I'd, I'd absolutely definitely recommend checking this out. It's it's only ninety minutes, give or take ninety five minutes. So it, it blasts along even though it's not the fastest film in the world it still has a it's got a pulse it, it, it does it does keep going it doesn't really lull apart from a little bit in the middle a little bit in the middle but that aside it's consistently very good and i really i really enjoyed this film so um i'm glad we got to cover it and i'm also glad that you didn't dislike it 
No, I like I tend to like zombie movies, so like I, I didn't I had no hesitation about this one going into it. Um, I I know my horror uh, preferences seem to be random at best, but the 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 zombie genre, um, I tend to enjoy even even some of the bad ones. I tend to find something as long as there's at least a, a character that you are you know connected to because that to me is what a horror movie's got to make me want the characters to survive or the there's never tension right like there's no suspense unless it's doing something different with the characters like like to me like friday the 13th i'm not really worried about the characters i'm there to see the innovative like death sequences you know yeah i want them to be over the top and crazy because that to me is what's entertaining about those movies where like but a zombie film especially from this perspective like if, if his character was not empathetic at all this would be a really hard movie to sit through because there's not a lot going on for major chunks of it, but you have to care about what he's going through. And I think he he does not only a great performance, but the characters written where you, you do feel, I, I can't tell you why as much as like, you almost seem like he's like an innocent child who's been left home alone, even though he's, he's much older than that. And I think maybe that's why you have that like uh, arrested development type thing. Cause I can't quite tell how old he is, but I get the vibe that he is like at least 21 maybe yeah. you know well, I, I if not, the only hint that makes him maybe younger than 21 is that he uh he waits to drink like the alcohol and like he apologizes when he drinks the alcohol like he's maybe not supposed to so uh, maybe he's not quite 21 but i didn't get the vibe that he was like a kid but he's, childlike, he's old right? enough so, to be resourceful without being like um kevin from home alone but at the same time mm-hmm. he's still uh, at, at a state or a level where you know this is he's he's not an action hero the the gravitas and situation and the emotion weighs down on him heavily and they they, they do a good job of showing that as the days and weeks go on like how his state deteriorates i i thought that was good as well and i mean i know, I know your friday the 13th wasn't a comparison as well but i'm glad that we didn't have an ensemble in this film i much preferred it being the uh the two people, because I care about two people. I don't care about an ensemble of eight people because, you know, at least six of them are going to get routinely offed. So you haven't got time to care about them. With only one or two people, you have to, like you said, you have to make the audience care about the character for this film to for the film to work. Uh, and it's much easier to do that when you've got a smaller cast. And the performances did that for me. Whereas had, if they'd had even one or two more people, I think it would have disrupted it too much where they'd have been trying to share the development, share the script, share the screen time. And, and and you just don't get, unless they're three excellent performances or four, however many there are, you lose something. So when it's a lot more uh, isolated, even in terms of just people, people on screen, it works a lot better for me. Uh, Letterbox, this film is three out of five on Letterbox. So, you know, it's down the middle. Uh, that seems to be, it's just over everything. Like Rotten Tomatoes is high, but it's, I don't think anyone's got anything really negative to say about it. Cause I don't think there's anything wrong with it i think people that are giving it like the three or four rating is just it, it's not doing anything like super new either you know like there's it's not the best of anything but it's definitely not the worst zombie film um and uh, like i didn't have any real complaints i i enjoyed the movie i thought it was fun to watch um you know i'm again without getting into like specifics towards the end uh, you're trying here aren't you (laughs) well i think that's where there there could be some complaints too is like how some of the choices towards the the latter part of the film um maybe people don't like i'm not saying i do or don't i'm just saying maybe that's where some of the negative uh like why it's not getting a four or five why it's getting like three or fours but Um, yeah no i agree mate 
Is that uh, have you got any more? Have you got any more on a live for our uh, glorious listeners, other than to say go check it out? Uh, no, I think checking it out would be a good idea. I was actually talking about this with a coworker today um, in preparation. I, I have I always feel bad because I never know if people really want to know a bunch of movie recommendations, but I can't help but start spitting them out once I say one thing and they seem interested. So. Uh, I'm not sure if I bored the coworker or not because I went on a tirade of zombie movies they should watch, <laughs> but um, uh, she seemed receptive, so I was like, "All right, cool. I'm just gonna keep talking until you tell me to stop." So, um, yeah, check this movie out. And also, again, Night Eats the World on Amazon Prime. If you like uh, hashtag Alive, I say give that French movie a chance. Uh, similar but very different at the same time. Uh, yep, I'm gonna check that as well. So I've got a recommendation and. As the statesman, you can throw as many films as you want at me, and I will always be receptive to that. So, yep, that was hashtag alive. So go check that out, guys. And now uh, moving to our on to our next segment, which is called Chuffed Headlines. And basically, myself and John, we take a headline which we've seen in the last week, and we dive into it. It could be fun, it could be entertaining, it could be serious, it could be somber. Whatever's caught our eye for whatever reason. And well, this. <sighs> This week has kind of been dominated by a similar story covering different chains and organizations. But, John, uh, what's the headline that caught your eye this week? Well, actually, I know we usually do it in that order, but mine seems to follow yours. So I think we should start with yours and then we'll go to mine because they're connected this week. Yes, they are. They kind of um, tie in. Uh, And it's for me, I've gone with the not entirely unexpected, but still like crushing news. The Cineworld is temporarily shutting down all operations in the UK and the US, uh, meaning that 50,000 people are being laid off. This is from the 8th of October, so the date of this show, the day you're listening to this, is the date that that goes into effect. The Cineworld Group is in $8 billion worth of debt. So there's issues there, but it's it's obviously, people have been attributing it to the no time to die because that didn't come out they kind of thought, right, the Cineworld are going to throw the towel in. Odeon, who are also owned by AMC over here, they are basically following suit by having uh, a quarter of their theatres opening, weekends only over here at least. Um, so the cinema trade is slowly but very like purposely shutting down now. It makes sense because, I mean, they could keep running out their classics, but... Are people going in their droves? Are people? I know there's a a, a hunger to go and watch the films, but it, it, you know, is is putting out Back to the Future, The Godfather, Star Wars, Jaws. Is it going to save the theatre industry? No. Is it just going to give it a temporary temporary reprieve? Possibly. But in order to survive, cinemas and theatres do need these big mainstream blockbusters, and we're not going to get that. The Batman's been pushed back to 2022. Wonder Woman's going to be. Dune's been pushed back a year to 2021, October now. So it's not a surprise, but it's not great news to hear that. And I'm more kind of worried about the people losing their job. I've seen a lot of people, you know, saying, how dare, you know, MGM and uh, and everyone behind James Bond, how dare they do this to the theatres? It's not no time to die's fault. It's nothing to do with that film or the people behind it. It's the world we're living at the minute. It's not. It's unfortunately not viable to keep theatres open and expect them to run at any kind of profit. But obviously, no time to die being delayed was the probably was the catalyst or the final nail where there's like right, we def we literally have nothing coming out this year. 
for stability, but it isn't. Let's not worry about the James Bond not coming out for a couple of months. You know, boo hoo. Let's you know, it's more worry about the people who are being laid off in these crappy times we live in. But right. Cineworld, man, it's operations ceasing for now. And that's for American listeners. That's Regal for us. So the Regal Cinemas is going to be closing on October eighth. That is owned by Cineworld. Yep. And uh, my article is connected because today AMC and uh, Cinemark have said that they are not going to shutter the remainder of their theaters that are currently open. They are uh, Hollywood and New York. uh, Well, California and New York both have still very strict restrictions on them. So there are theaters that are still not open there, but pretty much the rest of our country allowed movie theaters to open. Um, And those two chains are currently not planning on closing. I don't know why, uh, because of the reasons that we just said, like all these movies are not coming out. And here's the thing. Those people who are making arguments that it's no time to die's fault. It's not. It's it is. They open theaters for with Tenet. Yeah. The same Tenet underperformed. And that has dictated to the rest of the, the studios that it's not worth putting their movie out right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's really it's not Tenet's fault, but it's it's us. We did the right thing yeah. and didn't go. Mm hmm. And so theaters are not going to be open. Now, yes, I don't want theaters to close. Not, I'm not saying now. I mean, I don't want them to never reopen because yeah. that is the fear here is that this closure might be permanent because, like you said, they're in $8 billion debt. They're not going to be making any money. And they still have that? To pay, right. And they're still going to have to pay rent mm-hmm. and you know, whatever other like property-related things they're paying. Those don't stop just because they're not open. Unless there's some kind of, you know, government in, you know, steps in. But so far, that's not happening right now. Nope. Um, and while AMC and Cinemark, maybe they're going to, well, Cinemark, uh, it's interesting because they, the two theaters have done different tactics. AMC is still hoping that Universal is going to drop the crudes and that Disney's not going to push uh, Soul back. But everything says that they're totally going to do that, but they have not yet. Um, but Universal has the deal with AMC with the 17 day thing, right? After yes. the Trolls World Tour and that whole thing. So AMC gets a percentage of the money from the streaming service stuff. But Cinemark has gone to renting out theaters. Apparently, now, before COVID, it would cost around like uh, 500 bucks, I think it said, to rent a theater out for you, like you and your friends to watch a movie or whatever, right? Nice. Okay. Now it's, it's, uh, they're, they're renting theaters out for up to 150, 175 bucks. Somewhere between $99 and $175, you can rent the whole theater. So if you have at least, assume $10 tickets at your local theater for a like small market like myself, or if you're, like, you're in New York or California, $20 a ticket right for a movie. So if you have five friends who want to see Tenet, for example, you could potentially rent out the theater and have just your friends in the room. Like I would do that in a heartbeat because um, I totally could get, you know, a few people with me like i know for sure big tuna uh my david the editor from brick reviews like we would totally throw 20 to 25 dollars to go watch a movie with just the four or five of yeah, us man. you know um but there's there's only one cinemark near us it's it's still kind of far and it is in a uh was i actually don't know if it's still a covid hotspot it was a hotspot for a little bit but um but and there's no amc near me it's an hour away uh for each side so even if i wanted to right now my my local theater is a regal and it's going to be closing on thursday and what's worse is i want to go see a movie before they close i'd love to go see tenant but they're only doing one show a day now and it's at 3 30 and i get off work at 3 40 and li- and and working 10 minutes away from the theater so i can't even oh see God. unless they 
add one like late show to like, okay, well, we're going to try. Um, I don't even have that option and it stinks. I was going to try Sunday and Sunday didn't work out. And now it's like, well, I guess I'm not going to see Tenet in theaters um, unless they re-release it next year and try to get yeah. some of their money back. I can see them doing that because it has, it's underperformed for the one reason that like you mentioned, people rightly aren't going to John and myself, you guys know we've, we've been doing this show for uh, a long time now. Uh, well, uh, well over 18 months, almost two years, uh, actually yeah. two years. Um, so we be, we talk, we love films between us we have a we have a group of different movie shows where we just talk film you know i mean we love it we didn't go to see tenet and we aren't the be all and end all. we aren't the barometer well if those guys didn't i'm not going to but you know we loved watching but we review films what we do we yeah. love it we didn't go and to i'm a see huge it. nolan fan and you're a massive like, i'm a big nolan fan as well you're a huge nolan fan and you know if we're not going to go how can that like the people who have a like a real interest in going for reasons other than just having a good time how can I expect the casual audience member to be like, do you know what? I am going to go to that. Day. I am going to drop a lot of money. Um, and I know that the staff, I've spoken to people who've worked in theatres and they've said that they've held the uh, the guidelines, the health and safety guidelines up so highly that it's probably the safest place you could be. Some people have said they're so clean and um, looked at well-maintained. But at the same time, there's, there's, and I get the counter argument as well, you go to the supermarket, you touch things there. It's like, yeah, well, you kind of have to go. I have to go to the supermarket, or the groceries, or to buy food. I don't need to go to the cinema. And right. but for AMC, sorry, is is the crudes and is Soul going to really help? Because Tenet didn't yeah. drive people out. I know yeah. Soul looks good. I'm not bothered by the crudes, yeah. but Soul looks good. But they you know they could if they want to. Hello, Disney Plus. They're totally going to end up doing what they did with Mulan, I think, with that. And then the crudes, like. Trolls World Tour had more of a pull. I mean, there's a reason Creed's was coming out this late in the year yeah. anyways, right? Like, that's yeah. not... They weren't hanging up a lot of hope that the sequel's going to do well. I've heard good things about the first movie, but I've never seen it, and I don't know many people who talk about it. So, like, I don't think there's a big, like, pull for the second one. But the other thing, though, um, with the movie theater versus, like, going to the grocery store, besides the fact that you don't need to go to the movie theater, it's the way the virus spreads... And the longevity of a movie, that is the concern. Yeah. The fact that, one, if people are eating snacks, and they will be, because that's a lot of people go to the movies for the whole experience. Oh, they want popcorn, you. they want soda. So their mask is off, they're eating popcorn. You're in that room with them for two hours minimum, for you know average at least. Where like even if you're at a restaurant, most of the time you're not going to be at a restaurant for two hours. You're going to be at a restaurant for half an hour, hour max, and that's if it's busy, yeah, yeah. right? You're sitting in a room with for two hours with hoping people are wearing their masks and not because the the whole touch thing is such crap. The odds of getting it from touching a surface is minimal. Yeah. The, it's airborne, and the people who are munching down on their popcorn with spit going everywhere, yeah. uh, laughing, especially like if it's a comedy and they're laughing obnoxiously and just spits flying in the air. The air conditioning. This is proven. This is not me theorizing. Yeah. This is how the virus spreads. The AC picks up the particles. It circulates the room. You take your mask off for a half a second to drink your soda and inhale their spit. Well, bro, you've heard the story I have as well. I've been in, I've worked in offices where like half of the officers come down with a cold or a virus because it's in, because the air con is just blowing it around the room. It's right. It's, this is, this is recirculated air. So long. Yeah, exactly. This is something that's been around for, well, since air con was brought into the modern world. It's not a new thing. And, and you're right, sadly. Um, and you know there are there are people who don't agree with that or don't believe it. And again, everyone is fully welcome to their opinion. But I know you and I are on in the same boat on this. Yeah, I mean, I would love 
for this virus to be gone. That would be the best I'm thing ever. Just bugger off as well. But I, I'm also, you know, I've been close to it now. My, you know, my wife had the, the very minor symptom of coworkers of mine have had stronger symptoms. Luckily, no one has had the worst case scenario. Good. But um, it's out there. You know, it's out there. And I know it's real. I've seen it. And uh, I, I am as much as I want to go back to the movie theater. I'm still afraid. I think where you're going to see a push is you're going to see more drive-in things start popping up now. I think that's the only way theaters can make any money is if they start in, embracing this drive-in, you know, pop-up drive-in. Um, and I also, I'd like to see some restaurants start going to the old school, like drive-ins where like they bring the food to your car and you eat in your car yeah. and they come back. And get, diner. Yeah. Let's go that way. Like Sonic, I don't know if you guys have Sonic over there, but like Sonic has that model still here. It's a fast food chain where you pull in they have a little speaker box. You order your food. They bring it out on a little tray that they can you and you eat your food and then you, you leave. We haven't got um, that, but I wish we did. But so, you know, they're not like, they're like, I don't know, probably like eight or nine on the, the burger joint fast food list here. It's like, you know, McDonald's is always number one here. And then it's like, it's a crapshoot between Wendy's or Burger King um, for the fast food, fast food. And then you have like the in and outs that are a little smaller markets, but they're like really good. Supposedly I've never had them because we don't have them yet um and blah 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 but then there's like there's sonic and uh sonic has tater tots so that's something um but you know uh i'm like man that seems like the best restaurant right now is because you don't have to leave your car and same thing with the drive-in movie theaters it seems like the, the right call um our local drive-in had a uh a universal monster movie marathon nice. the other night that big tuna went to um i was bummed i wanted to go but uh you know like that our drive-ins always existed but now it's it's getting a lot of business because it's the only thing open so, you know, there's options. We've obviously, we've talked about this many times now on the podcast because it's, for us, it's the news that we're kind of following. Um, it, it hits so close to home because this is it, this is foreshadowing the industry, foreshadowing how we will receive media in the future. Uh, and it's, it's going to be here in the U.S. now that they've allowed studios to buy theater chains yeah. again, that studios can operate theater chains. I am... I know I've brought this up, but and I, I'm going to keep bringing it up because now with this happening, it just seems more likely that it's the way to go. That it's it, it's not the way to go for us, I don't think, but for them, like why not? Like look to bail out, like Regal, like look, we'll take your s- southeastern market, or we'll take your, you know, and then the studios just start dividing it up, and all of a sudden you're going to like Disney theaters to see the Disney movies, and they'll do retro screenings during the week, and on the weekend here's our new release, and it, you know, like you're a disney plus member you get a free popcorn or something you know what i'm saying like it's going to be something it's like not that outrageous um, to think it, it's it seems inevitable with the closures happening again the fact that they opened and less than a month later they're closing um with no like no plan to reopen right now because what the earliest movie is april right it's the no time well, to that's die. what they're saying now and and on the point about then this is what we talk about why i mean yeah we've mentioned dune no Time to Die, Candyman, for Christ's sake. You know, all these films are being pushed back to next year. That is news because of the world we live in and because the theatres are closed. That's why. That is the that is the story. You know, I mean, we could sit here now and be like, oh, the Batman's being pushed back. That's a shame. You know, what, what, what are we going to do? Speculate as to why? What could it... What's the reason? We all know the reason. So it's, you know, the big... Uh, sadly, the, the it's not even an elephant in the room anymore. It's a tornado in the room. Is this is is the coronavirus and how it's affected everyone every, big businesses small businesses arts entertainment um everything and unfortunately cinema and film seems to be hit very 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 hard by this and i like the idea of drive-ins 
But then at the same time, will studios release their their big hit? Will we see Wonder Woman eighty four at a drive in? Now, would 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 they want that, or would they still hold out for the you know indoor experience? Would they consider bringing out No Time to Die at a drive in? I don't know. So this is why it's it's there's that aspect, or would they just rerun the classics again? Which which is great for kind of like a date night, or if you want to if you want to catch a film you've never seen on the big screen before, or if you've got a couple of hours to spare. But is it as much of an event as a new blockbuster release? And that is exactly the conundrum here: is they could do it, but is it going to be financially viable to do that? It would put, it would claw back some money, but then again, you've still got to uh, sort out the security, the health and safety, the screen, the sound oh, arrangements. So you know, it is everything policing or security. Sorry, there's so much. There, I mean, Hannah, would you do it on? Would you do it in every car park for every every cinema, or would it just be like certain ones where people are still having to drive, like yourself, like an hour, ninety minutes to get there? There's so many uh, variables here, and I mean, it, it was inevitable that the theatres would cease operations temporarily, and I have stressed that temporarily. Of course, they're going to say that now because if there happens to be an upswing anytime soon, hopefully we can get back to them eventually, but. In a minute, it's all a lot of ifs and buts and maybes. If there's a vaccine or if the rate of infection goes down, there's there's no guarantee here. There is a big genuine worry now that the theatre could be irrecoverably damaged here where certain chains don't open or rather than having, you know, thousands of theatres across the UK, for example, 50% of them close. And they only have them in major cities now, and and we are having to travel further out because it's, oh, it's no. it costs. More. I don't like that. Either. No, or oh, and the same for the and the same for the states as well. Like, would do they shut down the smaller ones and just have the big mainstream ones to drive tra- footfall there? I mean, there's that fear. I don't know, man. It's 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 worry. It's worrying times, and you know this thing's bigger than all of us. But you know, there at the same time, there is that human element of people losing their jobs. You know, the people who rely on that to pay the bills what you're saying there is where i was about to get into is it's not just the theaters that we have to be thinking about too it, it is all hollywood in general the the whole movie industry employs so many yeah, people man. like and w- productions are shut down and even the productions that are going there have limited man people like limited man they're limitedly manned i guess i'm trying to say or there's there's less people than usual yep. because of covid and now theater chains, obviously, they some were already shut down, but they've been shut down. Like, there's a lot of people who are going to be affected by the industry not being able to operate. Now, again, I'm not encouraging that they avoid or that they operate as normal as though there were no virus. That's not what I'm saying. Yeah. But like, this is all the more reason why we need a we need people to step in and take action uh, with, to help these people who are out of jobs. Because it, even if they are able to get a job then that means someone else probably had to lose that job because there's only so many jobs that can be given out, right? Like, so if, even if the people who were laid off get another job, that means someone else who didn't have a job doesn't still have a job because there's less jobs available across the board. And that's the big concern here is that it's, it's, it's not just, Oh, movie theaters. Well, we don't need movie theaters. Yes. But those people who work there need it. And if they are not making money, they're not spending money. And that means other businesses are going to still be impacted. This is a it's it's bad. It's not a light situation when this industry that is so massive and so gigantic is now losing money and pushing things back like Hollywood pushing things back. Granted, they push movies back all the time, 
but not like this. I mean, Batman, they pushed to 2022. Well, the good thing about Batman is we know it's not finished. So that that's not right. a completed film. So that, you know, fine, push that back. You know, things like Dune, that's finished. That's in the can. And they pushed it back to October. Mm-hmm. Like that's, you know, that's alarming in a lot of ways because that's them saying that they don't think there's money in this right now. And that's, that's it. like, it, it's, it's nerve wracking. Um, and again, not, I think it's not even like, cause I want to see them. I do want to see these movies and I'm sad that I'm not going to get to see some of these for a long time, but it's nerve wracking because I, I see those ripple effects and how detrimental they can be. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's scary. Yeah. Well, like I say, it's, it's the livelihood. There's the, the, this amount of jobs have been laid off that that amount of people are now looking for work. So there's now less jobs and, in infinitely more people going for them. This is going to be around for a long time. It's worrying and it's scary. But like, like we put on the, the socials for the BAMP recently, that seeing things like the Batman and Dune push back, uh, you know, how far they've been pushed back. By the time that we're able to sit down in theaters safely and watch them, how good is that satisfaction going to be? So in terms of like ending on the positive there, yeah, you've got to imagine one day we're going to be back in the theater no masks. People will be together again, hopefully. You know, popcorn, soda, the, the lights go down, the buzz, the anticipation. You know, these we're back. Imagine the satisfaction of having that again. You know, no one's going to take that for granted. And I'm clinging on to that at the minute. That's what's that's what's keeping me going in terms of you know my hope for film and cinema is that one day we'll be able to we'll be we'll all be able to do it again and have that communal experience. Um, Fingers crossed it's sooner rather than later, but let's not be silly about it, hey? Exactly. Um, so that was our impassioned, chuffed headlines. But, you know, if you guys would love to hear what your your thoughts on that and whether or not you think this is a good idea or if you're kind of just like us, we like, well, it sucks, but, you know, it it, it has to have to happen and we, we will wait. So um, now we move on to our next segment, which is just simply media consumption. What on earth have we been consuming in the world of pop culture that isn't any of our own ventures so film tv video games podcasts comic books music whatever it might be uh how have we been passing the time since the last episode so jb you've usually got a smorgasbord of delight so what have you been indulging in this week not a lot um but uh, i have kept up with my blank check podcast uh i am i am a patron of the blank check podcast as well so i get their their bonus episodes and they did uh they're they're starting to do they do commentaries on the patron episodes and uh they're doing the alien franchise um not counting the alien v predator movies but only like uh the four original alien films and then prometheus and alien covenant nice. um so they just did alien so that was really cool to uh to listen to and then they the zemeckis film uh series that they're doing they just dropped the who frame roger rabbit episode which is a movie that i adore and uh, i think is underappreciated um, and so do they. And it's a really good episode. Definitely worth listening to. Um, I have been meaning to get to for two weeks. Uh, Netflix finally dropped season four of The Good Place, which is an NBC series that I missed the live run of season four. But it's the final season. Um, and I started it this weekend. I wasn't sure how if I was going to be able to finish it. And I was. And it's fantastic. I, I think it might be one of the best sitcoms ever. Um, it, wow. To me, it's it's near perfect. Uh, everything about it. Um one that show surprised me when season one ended. I was like, there's no way they can do season two. There's no way they can keep this going. It's too good. There's no way it would make sense to do season two. And every season I felt that way. And every season they surpassed that expectation and figure out a way to do it. And 
where a lot of sitcoms especially falter is the finale, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, one of the most beloved sitcoms of all time for many is Seinfeld. I I don't get what everybody really loves about it. I'm not saying it's not good at times. It's just not for me. I don't, I, I'm not a fan of sh- characters that I don't like generally, you know? Um, Cause that is kind of the point of the show is you're not really supposed to like any of them. Oh, That's yeah. how the finale ends, right? Like it's, it's this, it's one of the worst reviewed finales of any sitcom ever <laughs> um, where I feel like I haven't actually looked at any reviews for good place, but it, it's such a solid ending and it's so, emotionally satisfying it's just great it's very very funny it's very very smart uh if you haven't watched it i highly recommend checking out all four seasons on netflix um and then uh for movie club uh we are in our um i'll show you scary month where uh these are we're pulling from the top 100 rated films on rotten tomatoes uh their horror list um which we have a link to in the show notes for that podcast uh but so the the whole premise of movie club is we watch a movie we haven't seen so like we had a hundred movies we've seen a lot of them on the top 100 list but there's definitely ones we haven't seen so Corey picked two i picked actually i'm sorry Corey picked two i picked three this month and um the first one was the uh a girl walks home alone at night yes dude that movie is so great it's um, great isn't it it's so great it, especially if uh i didn't i don't remember where we got the comparison but someone compared it to jim jarmusch and um i oh who's the other filmmaker but it's so spot on with that the comparison i was like yeah totally feel that it is such a jarmouche vampire type vibe mm-hmm. um it's it's great i really 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 like that movie a lot our our episode is out so if you're listening to this and you like what uh what you've heard check out um uh, burke reviews movie cast movie club podcast a girl walks home alone a night episode is out now uh and we're watching I think it's called Don't Look Now this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a Donald Sutherland film yep. um, that Corey picked. Uh, I've never seen it, so neither of us have seen it. So we're you know we're going to check that one out this week and uh, review that. It's from the that's from the seventies, so we're going back in time again. Yeah, I think the rest of the films are from that era because we have um, that, and then Corey's never seen the original Wicker Man, uh, which oh, wow. I have. But, uh, she's picked that one. And then we have a uh, Hitchcock film called Frenzy that neither of us have seen. And I forgot my middle movie because Frenzy is what we're ending with. I can't remember what the middle film is, but I think it's another older film that I'd never seen. So, uh, yeah, we're, we're checking off some big ones off this list. So, No, well, the girl walks home alone at night is ace. Um, don't look now is fine as well. So it's Judy Christie and Donald Sutherland. I think it's a... It, that's a very oh. good film. I think I think you're going to really like that film. Um, We're watching um, Eyes Without a Face. Okay, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I've had that on Criterion for like two years, so it's been uh, sitting there on the shelf waiting for me to watch it. It's time to check it off the list. Well, let's, uh, I want to know your thoughts on this. Well, I, well, firstly, I'll check out Movie Club, as should all of you guys as well, but we'll give those links in the description as well. But um, I think you'll like Don't Look Now. I, I'm a big fan of that film. Um I've been I've been watching a few more films this week. I watched Enola Holmes on Netflix because um, I wanted to. <laughs> basically, it's a new it's a new streaming film, and it, it was getting a lot of buzz online. Obviously, Millie Bobby Brown, Henry Cavill, it's going to get people excited. And I just I'd heard a lot of um, Fleabag references to it because obviously the writer wrote that film, and writer Fleabag wrote um, Enola Holmes and. I thought it was decent. I thought it was pretty good, actually, in Ola Holmes. I, I wasn't sure what to expect, but I, I thought it was quite good. Millie Bobby Brown's very good. If if you like Fleabag, there is that um, 
kind of uh, vibe to it. But I like it. You get you get hunky Sherlock Holmes in Henry Cavill. Sam Claflin is back as a as a well. We wait to see it. But I like this film. I thought it was pretty decent. I thought it was quite fun, and I can see why lots of people are enjoying it. It's got some good messages in it. So go check out Enola Holmes. Uh, I've also I rewatched Seven the other day because I was I had a couple of hours of spare and I was flicking through the movie channels uh, at home, um, and Seven popped up. And I know it's not like the most entertaining film but it's bloody good and i was like let's put that in in the background because freeman pitt and he who shall not be named are just wonderful in this film it's so good um i watched a film called the curse of audrey earnshaw which was playing at fantasia and grabbed a screener for that that comes out um today uh, in terms of this episode dropping so check that out because i had i thought that was pretty good as well like a witchy folk horror so check that out uh, and then for MPM Moving Picture Madness, we're doing exorcism films that aren't The Exorcist this week. So in terms of two one two exorcism films that were not good at all, I rewatched The Devil Inside and The Right, starring Anthony Hopkins. And as I've just said, they're not very good at all. So <laughs> not much else to say there apart from that. So I punished myself there. Um, John's been urging me to watch soccer. So I've been catching up on the Premier League this week and watching watching the Saints win. I know John was watching along from the States. And I also picked up Star Wars Squadrons, the uh, new flight simulator game from EA Star Wars. Came out last Friday. and We covered it on the sessions this week. So if you've heard that episode, you know what I think about it. Uh, no spoilers. Top top line. It's fine. And lots of people are really digging the multiplayer. But my, prop- my issue with that is I don't think there's any longevity. I don't think this game's going to have legs. It is... It's fun to play, but it's not. It doesn't have the appeal of Battlefront Two or Jedi Fallen Order. This the the multiplayer really only works if you can get if you can get a squad together, which is what the game urges you to do. Get five five of your buddies together, squad up, have your briefing beforehand, tactically pick your ships like you're supposed to, and you know go take on the enemy. If you're just playing with a bunch of randomers like I did the other day. Everyone's in it for themselves. It's, you know, the game goes out the window and it's just people shooting each other. You might as well just go and play Starfighter Assault on Battlefront 2. The story mode is lacking. Story mode is pretty much one big tutorial. I like the characters in it and I like some of the missions, but overall it's a bit disappointing. And the game itself, I never have really had high hopes for this game in the first place. And it met them by just being good. It's not a bad film, but a bad game by any means. It looks stunning. It looks beautiful. It sounds incredible, but it's not the most um, enticing of EA Star Wars releases. And uh, it does feel very much like a filler before Jedi Fallen Order 2 comes out. But oh, by all means, though, guys, definitely go check it out. It's not a bad game. I believe it's available for a 10 day trial on, I think, like PS Now or something or PS Plus. You pay like four bucks, and you get it for 10 days. So do that, you know, rent it, see what you think about it. What I will say is the £30 or $30 price. Uh, mark price point is spot on i would not have been overly pleased paying 50 bucks 60 bucks for this game 50 pounds because it isn't worth it basically but it is a good game for yeah. star wars fans you're gonna dig being able to jump into an x-wing a tie fighter that is brilliant you can you can be a you can be in a star war i have shot people and i've barrel rolled through their flaming metal carcasses and it is a joy but it's, you know, it, it, I can go back to Battlefront 2 every now and then and 
sink an hour or two into that. I'm not sure how much I'm going to be doing it with squadrons, but that said, it's still a good game. But are you going to pick up squadrons at all? I don't know. Um, my friend Dave was talking about it. Uh, I, I have a hard time committing any time to anything right now. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, it would pretty much just be tossing $30 to nothing. Cause I probably won't actually get time to play it in any kind of meaningful way. Yeah. Um, and uh, honestly, um, there, the Avengers game dropped like a month ago yes. and it was, it seems like it's gotten a pretty quiet release for such a big title. Uh, but I've heard that it's similar to destiny, which is a game that I played like, way too much both one and two for like a long long time so i'm kind of intrigued by that i had not heard it was going to be like destiny so that made me interested um so i'm hoping that maybe to come like black friday that that will drop to like dirt cheap because no one's playing it and then i'll I'll hop in that but uh right now i'm still satisfactory uh, satisfied with uh tony hawk pro skater one and two and the occasional dead by daylight round that i'll hop in on with my friends mm-hmm no, I mean if, if if it goes on sale like ten bucks, pick it up then maybe. Um that's for the sure. best way to do it. But that's what we've been um consuming this week. So now as we always say, you know, John and myself, we are beacons, you know, we are we are gods almost in our own minds. And it is tough to stay bloody awesome. And we do have to uh we do have to put things in place each week to stay this level of bloody awesome. So John, what on earth have you been doing this week to maintain this level of awesomeness? So I have actively been trying to uh, reach out to more people who I don't always talk to or like don't have a general connection with. Um, Like as far as like, like you and I have the podcast. So we always talk at the very least because of the podcast, you know, at the minimum, that's, we're going to communicate because of that. So people who I don't have that uh, tie with that makes us talk. um, I'm trying to reach out to more like people who I, friends, you know, former students that whatever and i found snapchat to be kind of like the best tool for that mm-hmm. uh, because of like there it gives you random reasons to send something to someone like today i found uh they have you know there's the snapchat filters but that like they have tons of them that they don't like just put it on the front page kind of thing and uh, i found an avatar uh one where it puts the blue arrow on your head and like your eyes you can go to the avatar state like not not james cameron but the avatar, yeah, the, the real avatar um and so like with my bald head it it works perfectly so like i you know i took that picture and just sent it to a bunch of my friends and um i found one on accident that had like messy bedhead like hair and i was like well that's funny so it's just uh i've been using it to kind of reach out and, and stay in contact with people and um i i'm you know i'm a gamer since i was a kid right i've always been into video games so uh one of the things i like with snapchat too is the snapchat streaks so if you send an actual snap so you have to take a picture and send that as a message uh, for the I'm, Snapchat makes me feel old, by the <laughs> way. It is like the one app in technology that makes me feel so out of touch with what's it does happening. It feel very youth orientated at times. It totally does. Even talking about it now, I'm like, I sound like an old person talking about it. Like I sound like that person who's like, I found this new thing. I've just discovered the Snapchatters. Right. Um, yeah, I might as well start calling <laughs> it something bad. Like, uh, I've been snapping. Uh, you know, it's so <laughs> snappy. Uh <laughs> but the the streaks are really cool because it's it's like the reward system that we're used to with video games. You know, it's like every time you snap that same person, you get a streak. So now, like for the few people that I have a streak with, like I feel compelled to message them every day. Um, you know, I got to click the little reward button kind of thing. So uh, that's that's what I've been doing. I've been trying to stay in touch with people and get conversations started with random things. They have this uh, really, it's really easy, but there's this movie trivia one where it's, it takes a picture of you 
it pops up on the screen. You pick a multiple choice answer. You get three points if you answer it correctly on the first try or two if you get it on the second try. And then you snap a picture and send it to a friend to challenge them and they get the same trivia question. You go back and forth uh, until no, I see. So you hit 20 points. And I'm like, well, this is fun. So like I just found that this morning. I was like, well, that's that's a cool thing to do. So. Well, I, I need to see this. I'm not on Snapchat because, um, again, I found myself, I felt out of touch using it because I wasn't sure how I was meant to use it. But um, I need to see these Snapchats, Snapchats of yours or these snappy ch- chatting images that you've sent. You'll have to screenshot them and send them over. Will do. Or you Thank can you. You know, sign up for Snapchat and learn like uh, I, I could do. I could do and I could, I'll challenge you to movie trivia and I will, um, I'll attempt to make, take more Snapchat selfies or self chats whatever they're called i will try my very best for you in fact i may even do it tonight or tomorrow morning so you may get a friend request out there um mine is slightly more cosmetic in fact it actually is um i've just went out and bought some new clothes basically and i know that sounds really naff but it's 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 full isn't it it's autumn and it's it makes me please and i feel i'm like i i feel good buying new clothes also because i haven't bought any for a long time i've been wearing the same old garments for so long clean of course no holes in them so but Went out and like, right, I'm going to buy some new jumpers. I'm going to buy some more jeans. I'm going to buy some new everything and radiate this confident self in me. I haven't really lost any any weight, which I might want to, but I just like going out and sort of feeling new, new clothes, new me and all that kind of stuff. It kind of motivates me to to do more, if that makes any sense. I'm thinking, right, I'm buying this jumper in this size. I really wish I could buy it in a size beneath. And I am that kind of person who looks at the, the size beneath and thinks enviously glances at them thinking I wish I could be buying you instead. So it kind of spurs me on in one way, but it makes me feel good. It makes me feel um, different Mm -hmm. wearing a new, having it looking in my wardrobe and be like, right, I've got everything's new. I'm casting out the old, I'm casting out the lockdown look and I'm coming, I'm kind of bringing in lockdown phase two look now. So do you remember when we did the bandpocalypse? God, that feels like a long time ago. Yeah, I know. All and, the clothes I wore recording them, because it's gone now. But yeah, basically, new wardrobe, new me. Small things, but it's a little win in these times. And for me, that is a, is a, it is a big win for me, a big thing for me. So, uh, But the Snapchatting, though, on the social level, it's a good thing. Because, well, in the, again, it's firstly, it's always good to reach out to people anyway. But especially now, it's always good to have more people on hand to send avatar images to and whatnot. Just like you say, there are because there's plenty of more moments now where you are kind of like twiddling your thumbs and trying to get through it. So, um, yeah, we'll all be on Snapchat. We'll all get on Snapchat together and help each other through this. So, yeah, that's how we've been staying bloody awesome. And and that kind of wraps up this show. It's been a it's been a big show. It's been a very discussion based show as well. Our discussion of a live guys go and check that out because we both uh, at the very least both enjoyed it. Uh, the cinema chats, we'd love to hear what you think about the ongoing situation with the theatres as well. And what have you guys been doing to stay bloody awesome? Um, next week, we'll be back with um, a review of an Amazon Prime film, which we're going to decide during the week by the looks of it. Uh, yeah, Actually, well, we have two choices um, because it is the Blumhouse um, horror anthology that they're being released. So there's Black Box or The Lie. Both are Blumhouse, um, and I have I have some information for you, and that's what I was going to do right now. Um, so the lie stars Joey King. Uh. <laughs> okay. Oh, now Big Tuna has seen all of the Blumhouse movies already. That's why he got to interview Jason Blum. Go check um, it out, guys. But uh, he said 
he preferred the lie, but thinks that I will like black box more. Um, so based on that and based on the fact that we have, we have given Joey King a lot of chances (laughs) and she has let us down every time. I have not liked Joey's name. Yeah. I've not liked the Joey King movie for a while. I think maybe The Conjuring was the last one. I'm not 100% on that. <laughs> maybe Going in Style, the last Zach Braff movie she did, it was the last movie of hers that I've liked. Um, so I'm leaning towards Black Box for that reason alone. Uh, I will probably watch both. And that is... Yes. A, a, now, I don't know for sure because my life is crazy and I don't know if I'll actually be able to fit two movies in that I can truly watch. Um, but uh, there are two dropping... Uh, two dropped today, in fact, when we're recording this, and then two yes. dropped next week which we will cover one of those next week. But uh, Big Tuna has a 100% we should watch this one because he's claiming it's the best horror movie of the year. Right, okay. So, right. so <laughs> well, okay. To be fair, there hasn't been many good horror movies. No, and, uh, there hasn't been many movies <laughs> uh, by comparison. Although for him, he's seen pretty much everything that's been released, DOD, VOD or what whatnot. So, um. I, I'm leaning towards Black Box, although I'm I'm down to go with the lie. Uh, if you want to, we can pick this right now, though. And I, I, I will can... probably watch both of them. Um, like you, if I can, in amongst uh, all the uh, all the other movie related stuff we do, life and just finding time to actually ah, chill out and Snapchat, I will do my best to watch both of them. In the, I mean, I don't know anything about either of them. I've stayed, um, I've stained mum on them, so I don't, I haven't read anything about them. Yeah, I only know. Joey King and uh, there's a Skarsgård, I think, in The Lie. That's the only thing I, that I don't. Oh, is it? Um, not was it Pete? Not his name. Um, I think it's Pete. Bill. Bill. Okay. Right. Um, well, yeah, the Joey King thing puts me off because any horror film she's in is usually just not yeah. great at all, except for The Conjuring. Except, but even then, I wouldn't even. That's not really Joey King's film, is it? No, it's she's not. She's a, in it. She's, yeah, I mean, she's a kid. Yeah, but I think she's like the important kid. She is, but yeah. I mean. But when I think had... the conjuring, I don't think Joey King. No, I think uh, of but uh, I but I what's of Vera and Patrick. Mm. But I but I, talk, I, I I she's in it, so it's a Joey King film. I'm uh, probably leaning leaning towards Black Box because if Big Tuna says that's more of a JB type horror film, it's going to lean to my sensibilities as well. I do have a broad sense of love of horror, but um, should we go? For, I think I think we go Black Box next week, Let's and if we manage to catch the lie, we'll we'll, we'll sneak that in as well do a micro review kind of thing but yeah black box will be our official movie of next week and we might also catch the lie both from blumhouse both part of this blumhouse the house of blumhouse or something like that i forget welcome Um, to the blumhouse welcome to the blumhouse that's what it is you got it um and so we'll be watching that this week and then the following week will be another one of those blumhouse movies which we'll announce next week it is October. It's horror month anyway, so it ties in. And you're through the looking glass, people. That's how we decide anything here. Um, well, I've mentioned the socials a few times on this show. If you want to find us online, you can do on Twitter at BAMP underscore podcast. That's B-A-M-P underscore podcast. And on Instagram, John? We are at uh, Bloody Awesome Movie Pod. Yep, Facebook for search Bloody Awesome Movie Podcast, and you'll see us there. Uh, you can find me what I watch tonight.co.uk and what I watch tonight, Twitter, Instagram, Letterboxd. You'll find me there. And yourself, John? I'm at Burke Reviews on all of those social medias. Go check that out. If you want to hear more of me and John, our latest episode of Movie Astrology has just dropped where John and myself, we, we went back and revisited film in 1970. 
it's a good episode. So go back and see if you agree with our overall assessment of that year. So movie astrology on all good podcast platforms. And for the BAMP as well, if you like what you've just heard, and I certainly hope you did, please do uh, rate and review us on your podcast provider of choice if you have that spare one minute. I know we're all busy, but if you have a spare minute, it really helps to show out. And just to be honest, me and John, we love hearing good things from you guys. We love hearing how much you're enjoying the show. So if you have a spare few minutes to drop us a review, we'd very much appreciate that. But with that, as always, from me, stay bloody awesome. And keep watching movies. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Blood, 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 blood.